even with the season feeling like a disappointment for New Orleans, going for it and getting a worse draft pick is better than tanking even if they fail. It's a Tuesday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday game day for the Pelicans, they take on the San Antonio Spurs, basically, as all the games are going forward, a must win for New Orleans. We'll recap that game in tomorrow's episode, but today I want to talk about tanking. Should the Pelicans do it? Should they not do it? And the reasons why and why not, and why ultimately not tanking is actually the better move, no matter what the lottery odds might say. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down every single thing you want to know about the team, discussing all the topics that you want to hear. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available on YouTube. And if you want to support the channel, no need to give money or anything like that. Just comment down below on YouTube. Do you think the team should tank or not? Yes or no? Let me know in the comments down below. So the team shouldn't tank. I'm very certain about this. And the team won't tank either, which ultimately renders this a little bit moot. There are reasons to tank, and we'll get into that in the next segment, but they shouldn't. And the main reason for that is the season is over. are very much alive in the standings for the postseason. There is no way they're going to be eliminated until probably the final game or two of the regular season if it comes to that. And for that reason alone, because you're still mathematically alive, and it's not like they're like four or five games out, they're right there, you need to go for it. You need to go for it for a variety of reasons, but mainly for the message it sends to absolutely everybody. While the season might feel like it's over, it's not even close to it. They're a half game out of the 10th spot and making the postseason through the play-in tournament. They're four games out of the fourth seed. They're two games out of the sixth seed and avoiding the playing tournament altogether. This team is very much alive and in store for everything. But as I mentioned, what message does it send to everybody if this team tries to tank? And I think it's definitely the wrong one. This is the first year in a really long while that we feel the fan base was excited and into it, and the Pelicans had a chance to capture the city of New Orleans with the Saints having very much a down year. So the fan base is finally built up. What message does it send to the fan base that if you start tanking, when you finally built up the fan base, Pell's 12 and wearing the shirt for a reason here is strong. And then you go, nah, we don't actually care about winning and you guys having fun. We're going to go try and lose some games. Get you excited about draft picks in next season. No one wants that. That's going to hurt the fan base. It's going to hurt the bottom line when it comes to money. And given what this team did at the trade deadline, not really doing anything other than Josh Richardson and dumping some money, clearly they 
care about the bottom line and the money and the revenue that they could be making. So keeping the fan base somewhat happy and content by going for it, I actually think is a really important thing. You know, the fan base, I don't want to say comes and goes, but you see enthusiasm wax and wane for this team. You've got to eventually just build some forward momentum. And that's making the postseason multiple times in a row, something they've done once, twice in the history of this franchise. You need to go for it when you have the opportunity to go for it, even if you get lose in the first round. And I'll talk about that in the next segment. You know, this is a team that you look at and people would be really excited about given everything that they've gone through this year, all of the injuries, Zion not playing much, BI not playing much, the the coaching staff having issues, to still kind of come out on the other side of that with a first round playoff appearance and maybe winning a game or two would be a positive, I think. Build up the fan base. That is something that New Orleans has not done a good job of. That's something that making the postseason, even making the play-in tournament, could do for this team. What message would it also say send to the players if you were to start tanking now? Everybody is healthy other than Zion Williamson, or everyone's playing, I should say, other than Zion Williamson. No one's fully healthy at this point in the season. This is the same team that made the postseason last year, minus Zion. You're going to tell them If you start losing games and resting players and finding ways to not have guys get out there on the court, that you don't believe in them. You don't think they can go and win enough games to get into the postseason. You don't think they could win in the postseason, even if you were to get there. What does that say to your players? What type of culture is that truly building here in New Orleans if that's the approach that you take? I don't think it's a good one. And that's why I don't think the Pelicans really should do this at all. The message it sends to the fans, the players, is just not the right one. They went through an accelerated rebuild because they had Zion Williamson. They got a taste of that postseason last year, and now everyone wants more of it. Go for it. If you fail, disappointing. You still have enough draft picks to be able to make a move. Partially why they maybe didn't make a move at the trade deadline was to use and save their assets for a future move, I think. They could have overpaid for Beasley and Vanderbilt, but they didn't because, well, those aren't the moves that are necessarily going to win you a title. So save the extra draft picks that you have for something like that. I don't think it was necessarily only a salary dump and other things, but it's also definitely not we don't believe in this team. I think they do. They just kind of realize where this season was with some of the injuries that they were having. So save those things for a real big move that vault you ahead of the play-in tournament. Even the Lakers, after making those moves, are just like barely play-in tournament good, and it didn't change a lot of their stats and make them that much better. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but not like an elite-level team. So the Pelicans maybe rightly didn't make that sort of thing to kind of plan ahead, but you still want to go and try and win and build some forward momentum, knowing you have all of the picks you need to move up in the draft or to go make a move for a guy that you really want. They're not hurting for assets yet, so don't try and accumulate more. It feels like we're past that. At a certain point, you've just got to try and win games with the hand that you're dealt because that's what you do in the NBA to try and win. I think. So send the right message to the fans, send the right message to the players. But if you disagree, let me know why in the comments down below. Next segment, let's look at it. Reasons to tank. There are reasons to tank. And then in the third segment, I'm going to say, not not again, while we start to look at the lottery odds and what the Pelicans theoretically could do, maybe. 
We'll talk about both those things coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, but now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored, threes drained. I love the FanDuel same-game parlay. Trey Murphy over two and a half made threes. You can also get Jonas Valanciunas over 15 and a half points. All of those combine them into a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the official sports betting partner of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. And today we are talking tanking. You want to know more about Saints free agency, their plans for the offseason, where they need to improve, where they can coach these guys up. More about Derek Carr. Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints, breaking everything down for you. Go make Locked On Saints your second listen. Learn more about the black and gold today. So we're talking tanking here. Tanking. This is not what I wanted to be doing this season. This is not the type of discussion anyone wanted to be having this season. And this is not the type of discussion that we thought we would be having at any point this season. But the season has gone off the rails due to injuries. And it's become a disappointment due to injuries. And my expectations for the season have been recalibrated because of that. I think expectations need to change based on the circumstances. And when Zion hasn't played over 30 games, B.I. just went over 30 games, I think. It definitely changes things. So this year, with the Pelicans being 34 and 37 and out of the postseason as of right now, it definitely feels like a disappointment. Brandon Ingram has played 34 games. Zion has played 29 games. You combine them, they haven't played a full 82 games. Not good. Not good. So does that mean the team should tank? Does that mean the team should find reasons to rest key guys down the stretch in hopes of losing some games? There's an argument to be made for yes. The f- it starts with this. If Zion's not playing and this team gets into the postseason, say they get into the playing tournament. Do you feel confident they could win the playing tournament with the play that we've seen from them? I wouldn't say that I am. I think they can, certainly. But would you say you are like 51% or more confident in them doing that? I don't know. And if it's closer to 50, if you're like 55%, is that even that good? If they get out of the play-in tournament into the first round and they play the Denver Nuggets... Or even if they get in as the seventh seed somehow, let's say, do you feel confident in them beating the Denver Nuggets or the Sacramento Kings in a seven-game series without Zion? Probably not. So if you know you're going to lose in the first round and you're not getting any further than that, is it maybe smart to start thinking about the future a little bit more? This is a very good draft. Is it better to get a higher draft pick, get a better asset that you can either add to the young core of this team and fill a need? Or trade for an established vet that's ready to contribute right away as you get Zion back, kind of hope for health next year, and then just kind of go for it. Is it better to get a blue chip prospect knowing how expensive this team's going to get in the future? And I've talked a lot about their salary cap difficulties that they're going to be facing. They're going to potentially be in the luxury tax next season. They're under it right now, but when you add a draft pick in, when you add you know, a free agent in, it's going to do that unless they make some big moves. And if you're going to make big moves, 
Well, you probably need draft picks to facilitate that and better draft picks only are going to help you in that case. But knowing that you might have to trade a guy away in the future because their salary is just too much. You want to have a good young guy on a cheap rookie deal ready to replace that person. Best way to do that is drafting basically in the top five of the NBA draft. Top 10, ideally, certainly within the lottery. And the Pelicans, given this and the flattened lottery odds, are in position to do it. It's now a lottery for the top four picks instead of the top three picks. The top, the, the four worst teams, four, three worst teams, all have a 52.1% chance of being in the top four. It's pretty good odds. The Pelicans right now at ninth have a 17.3% chance, but if they move up a couple spots, you get to seventh, that jumps to 31.2%, almost double. That seems like a good opportunity to kind of play the odds and see what you can do. It's when you look at, you know, think of it if like insurance, right? Like when that scale tips 51%, you go a different direction. If it's 49%, you go another way. Kind of similar here. If you're just going to get bounced out in the first round and getting into the play-in tournament into the postseason isn't going to do much for you, you know, or you have a 2% chance of getting out of the first round of the playoffs, is it better to go with a 30% chance at a top four pick? Maybe you get lucky and you get Victor Wembanyama. Scoot Henderson's right there too, a point guard that would fix a lot of what New Orleans needs. Add that kind of creator ball handler they they seriously could use. You start to look at it like that and it looks pretty appealing. You're going to do damage to the fan base, but you know what gets a fan base excited almost more than anything else other than postseason success? Draft picks. I promise you it's draft picks. I can tell you by the numbers that I see on the show. It's the biggest time of the year. Biggest time of the year. It's why we spend a lot of time previewing prospects, breaking down prospects, because you all love this stuff. And I get it. It's exciting to think about the future. A draft pick represents a lot of promise. What could be? It's kind of like the definition of the grass is always greener, even though it's not always greener. You look at a guy drafted number one overall, and you're like, this is a generational prospect. You're like, oh my God, we're going to win so many titles. When Anthony Davis and Zion were drafted, the over-under for the Pelicans for titles was not like 0.5. It was 1.5. It was like, are they going to win two or less or just one, right? And that's kind of what you start to do with some of these guys. So if you want to sell season tickets, you want to generate hope, it's not losing in the first round of the playoffs. It's a high draft pick. So I think you can kind of build some excitement and build up the fan base around that. Trust me, around Zion, oh boy. Boot Crew Media will tell you a story about that. They almost got started basically because they heard me talking about it. I don't know if that's the exact story, Justin. I'm sorry, but it's something like that, right? And it was like, I want to get in this game because they were so excited about Zion, they found my show. And we're like, we can do this. And they were right, they could. So it builds excitement, <laughs> It's true. You know what? They sold out of season tickets more or less that night when Zion, when they got the number one overall pick in the lottery, something along those lines. It can do that for you. It can change the course of a franchise and change your direction. So going for that isn't necessarily the worst idea. I do think it sends the wrong message. And if you don't hit it, oh boy, you know, you end up with like the ninth pick in this draft. And what's that going to really do? But that's where we're going to look at it coming up here next, right? So you can tank. You can tank and try and improve your lottery odds, but it's odds. It's not a guarantee, and that's worth keeping in mind here because I don't think the Pelicans can actually improve their lottery odds by that much. I really don't, and I'll explain why. I'll break down the lottery odds for you, and we'll look at the teams ahead of the Pelicans on the reverse end of the standings. 
Would New Orleans actually be able to jump any of those teams? We'll take a look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, looking at lottery outs, tanking today, and why they shouldn't do it. And if you disagree with me, let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And now, if you want to catch up around the rest of the league, the rest of the association, go listen to Game to Game NBA. I do a minute-long recap after every game during the week. All of our hosts do that. They all get compiled into one show, so you get the winners and the losers perspective. The boots on the ground, something that only Locked On can give you. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also... Tomorrow, listen to Locked On NBA because I'm there every single Wednesday. Our flagship, this is like the second biggest show on our network, all of our network. Go listen to it. I'm on there every Wednesday. Nice to represent New Orleans on a big stage like that. Okay, so I just gave you reasons why the team could tank, should tank. I explained they still shouldn't in the beginning. The reason why not. You're only improving your lottery odds. It's not a guarantee. The team with the worst record doesn't always get the top pick. They're guaranteed a, they're not even guaranteed a top four pick in theory. Every team can drop four spots in the draft for the most part if teams behind them jump up. And if it happens where the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th teams all jump up, the number one overall pick is now that team, which is Detroit currently, would have the fifth selection. It's not a guarantee. So you're trying to improve your odds. And it goes to what I just said in the next segment, right? If you can get it where they're real good, maybe, but New Orleans isn't going to be in that position. Right now, New Orleans has the ninth worst record. They're tied with Chicago for the ninth worst record. New Orleans is the tiebreaker there. And they have a 17.3% chance of getting into the top four. Record of 34 and 37. If they could somehow get to six where Portland is currently, that jumps to 37.2%. It's about a 20% increase for a top four pick. Sounds great. Go and do that, right? Except you're also competing with these other teams that are not winning games and that are trying to lose. Portland is two and eight in their last 10 games and they've lost six in a row. You're not going to be able to jump that team. They're not trying to win games. They're outright kind of tanking and you're going to see Damian Lillard eventually shut down very soon. You're not going to get in front of Portland. You're not going to get in front of Orlando, who's 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Charlotte, who you play, who the New Orleans Pelicans play on Thursday, is 3-7 and seven in their last 10. You're not out tanking those teams to be able to get there. They have no chance at Charlotte either. Charlotte is 23-50. and 50. It's not going to happen. Orlando, maybe. You're five games better than them, but with 11 games left to go, 10 games left to go for a lot of teams, that's a lot. To make up. And it's not going to happen because New Orleans is in contention once so they're going to try and win. But these other teams don't want to win games and get passed up by others either. Indiana is five and five. Seems good. They lost two straight. They're not going to be, ta- you're not going to out tank them. The Washington Wizards in the eighth spot right ahead of New Orleans is three and seven. They're going to be shutting guys down too. You know, all of these teams are going to be doing that. So you're not actually able to out-tank teams. This is one of those things where when you kind of look towards the postseason, it's like, yeah, if New Orleans goes on, you know, uh, takes care of business, they can get in. But you also got to beat those other teams, and those other teams are trying to compete too. So it's not just you having a good record. It's those other teams also not having a good record. 
And the reverse of that for tanking is true as well. It's not about New Orleans having a bad record. It's about them having a significantly worse record than these other teams. So maybe, maybe you could get to eighth, move up one spot, go from 17.3% to 26.3%, but that's still going to be tough. Maybe you could get to seventh, get that 31.7% compared to your 17, what, what are they, 17.3%. Is that really worth it? Is that really worth losing games, not making the postseason, but not actually getting there and then being stuck with the eighth or ninth overall pick? And upsetting your fan base, upsetting your players, sending the entire wrong message, but not having it work out. I'd much rather they go for the postseason, try and do it, get into the playing tournament, lose into the playing tournament, and you still get back into the lottery as the 13th or 14th, 12th or 11th seed. And at worst, you have a chance. Even if you lose in the playing tournament, you're not in the postseason exactly, so you get put back into the lottery. You still have a chance. And at this point for New Orleans, there's probably not a huge difference between 17.3% and Utah at 11, who's got a 9.4% chance at a top four pick. And they might actually start tanking. That's a team that I can see doing it. Same with Chicago, too. You're going to have to compete against so many teams that don't want to make the postseason. I see it being the Lakers, the Thunder, and the Pelicans competing for that kind of final postseason berth. Maybe Minnesota, too, because they're they're really struggling as well, I think. So you're not actually going to out-tank teams. So the what you stand to gain just isn't that much. Go for it. Get in. Generate some forward momentum that you can carry into next season go, we're going to be healthy, and look what we learned. We figured it out at the end of the year. We know how to survive if Zion goes down now. We've learned our lesson and apply those next year and be good, please, please. And don't put us through all of this again. And don't make us start really thinking about draft prospects that much just yet. But they won't. They're going to compete. They, you know, they're not going to tank. Whether you think they should or not, whether you think they should try and improve those lottery odds or you think they're going to do nothing in the postseason, they'd like to get two extra home games in the postseason. Maybe more depending on where they end up in the play-in tournament. And that's the way it's going to go. They're still in contention. While it feels like the season is over, season's not even close to over. And they're going to definitely go for it. But let me know. Do you think they should try and improve their lottery odds? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully they get a win. If you lose against San Antonio, maybe it's a different discussion tomorrow. Hopefully that's not what we're going to be doing here on Locked On Pelicans. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.